Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Tally G's Restaurant on the south side of Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. If you're in business and you're lucky or talented enough to be doing well, it's not long before you start comparing your business with others that maybe are doing better and start wondering how you could do as well as they are or maybe better. We do the same sort of thing consciously or unconsciously in our personal lives. It seems to be human nature to compare ourselves to others and to want to do as well or look as good as our friends and colleagues. My three guests on today's show are all experts at making you do better, feel better, and look better in various and very different ways. First, I'd like you to meet Christina Harper. Christina is the co-founder and managing partner of Lafayette-based company Accelerant. Now, Accelerant is a professional leadership development firm that specializes in coaching, training, and development of top-level company executives. The company has been around since 2003 and is the recipient of a number of impressive national and local awards. Christina, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, very glad to be here. Got a lot of questions for you. Joelle Dawson is also a business and leadership coach with a specialty that makes him uniquely unsuited for a conversation on radio. Listen carefully to this. Joelle maintains that only 7% of what we hear when we talk is words. The other 93% is nonverbal communication. Joelle leads workshops based on this principle called Mastery of the 93%. He's a professional speaker and founder of the Dawson Financial Group and author of the autobiographical book, The Puddle. Joelle, welcome out to lunch. Thank you very much. Now, Christina, when you're a senior executive, of a company, you're spending each day focused on issues, big and small, that all need to be dealt with so they can fit into an overall corporate strategy. The, the fate of the company is, to a large extent, the result of executives' individual decisions. Now, I would think that one thing most successful executives have in common is that they're good at issuing commands. But on the other hand, they probably don't enjoy being told what to do and, and how to do it which is pretty much what you do. Uh, what motivates a senior executive to hire you and Accelerant? Well, first of all, I would say that it, they do not feel like they've been told what to do. Okay. And they, I feel like our clients find us and contact us because they know that there's something more, something better that they can achieve, and we help them achieve that. And uh, how do you do it and, and get through? These are very busy folks. Do you? Do you pull aside a certain amount of time every day or week, or how does it work? Well, I'll say, and there's lots of research that backs this up, that where you are on the leadership chain of command, will you? Um, thinking time is actually something that's valued and necessary the higher up the leadership ladder that you go. Time for yourself, time to think, time to strategize. 
And do you work with the individual executives or is it uh, also the, the chemistry as a group? Both, actually, yes. Actually, I think we're probably more successful when we do have the, the interaction with both the executive team or whatever leadership team we're working with and the lead stakeholder or the executive chief. Now you've been doing it long enough, Christine. When you go into an organization, can you almost tell what the situation is? I mean, it must be places you walk in and it's pretty clear they don't like each other. That, must be, that would be one example. <laughs> well, that doesn't happen very often. Okay. But I would say that um, as a human, yes, I can kind of get a sense, maybe from experience, but also our coach training, and Joelle can probably agree, teaches us to hold back assessments, hold back perceptions, that really you want to experience this client and their situation as they are presenting it. Joelle, meeting an expert in a non-verbal communication is sort of like meeting a psychiatrist, right? When you meet a psychiatrist, you wonder what you've said that may be given away as a clue to your innermost personality. With you, I'm wondering what it is that I haven't said that gives you some clue about me. I'm very frightened, uh, but, <laughs> but there's two sides to this, picking up on what other people are unknowingly communicating non-verbally, and there's learning what we're unintentionally communicating non-verbally so we can change it and communicate more effectively. What is the science behind it, Joelle? Is there a, a body of knowledge or is there something that you're pioneering? No, this is not anything that I'm pioneering. This is common knowledge. What happens is, I'll give you an example. Let's just say we meet somebody. Okay. Never seen him before. They walk up to you and they start having a conversation and you sit there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as soon as they leave, you say, I don't like them. I don't trust them at all. It's just something in my gut. It's yeah. not in your gut. It's in their nonverbal communication. When your verbal communication and your nonverbal communication doesn't match, it causes confusion in the brain. And when there's confusion, there's distrust. So that's that gut feeling that you feel that untrustworthiness. It's because it, it, it doesn't match. If I came here and I said, well, you know, it was great meeting you guys. You know, hi, how are you? But I'm really excited. Can't you tell I'm excited? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I said that, now you may smile, laugh, but what are you thinking? I don't trust him. But if I said, whoa, 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 man, yeah. I couldn't wait to get here. Uh, hey, Brian, nice to meet you. Right. Nice to meet you. And I'm shaking everybody's oh, hand. I'd be thinking, I want his meds. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But you see, that's more believable. Yeah. Not necessarily to the, well, it is necessarily to the conscious, but to the subconscious. That's where a lot of these decisions are made, where you can't really find the answer for it. They're made subconsciously. And that's done through body language. Tell me a couple of these. One of them that you probably hear a lot about is people that can't establish eye contact. They look shifty in some way. What are, the, what are some of the other things? Well, since we're talking about eye contact, this is, this is what I tell people that I coach. There are three times that you must use eye contact. Number one is when you first meet somebody. Okay, number two is when you're answering a question that they ask you. Number three, if you're in sales, if you're asking them to buy. It's very, very important. Not on the, on the conscious level, but on the subconscious level because when you first meet somebody, this is where it works. When you, as we go back to the, the scenario that I gave you before, you just meet somebody. Think about how many times you've met somebody and you say, hi, my name is Joel Dawson, what's your name? Christina. Okay, and five seconds later, you don't know what their name is, right? Right. We all say that's because, you know, oh, I'm just bad with names. No, think about a time where maybe you were dating and you say, wow, who is that girl or who is that guy? Yeah. And then they tell you, do you ever forget that person's name? 
No. <laughs> you know why? Because you already decided that you like that person. Oh. That's how, that's how it works. Now, doing well in business and succeeding personally is all worthless if you're not healthy, and that's where our entrepreneur du jour comes in. Uh, Christina, Joel, let me introduce you to Brian Broussard. We met Brian through the Opportunity Machine and Innovate Acadiana, regional nonprofits that help Acadian entrepreneurs turn innovative ideas into profitable enterprises, and of course, also with the help of marketing professor, Dr. Blake Escaday. Brian Broussard is the owner of Fit Life, a company focused on corporate wellness, the principle being if you keep employees fit and happy, you're going to lower the company's healthcare costs. Fit Life will take on a whole company or just you personally to keep you physically fit, looking good, and eating right. Brian, uh, welcome out to lunch. Well, thank you. And Thanks one of for things, having me. Well, one of the things that just grabbed me off the top was if your employees are in better shape, does that lower the company's premiums? I guess about two years ago, I started thinking about this healthcare crisis when I started. Um, with my family had some health, had some health issues and had to pay. And I started saying, I'm paying for insurance. Why does it cost so much? Why does it cost so much to have the honor of having insurance? <laughs> because that's all it is, because when you go to the doctor, you still have to pay, so why does it cost so much? So I started looking and researching, and, and you realize that the reason why it costs so much is because we're using it too much. Okay. We have too many claims. Then you start saying, what are all these claims? All these claims are cardiovascular disease, all these claims are diabetes, all these claims are linked to obesity. All three of those are virtually reversible. So then you start saying, well, how, how, do, we, how do we solve that problem? Well, we solve that problem by becoming healthier individuals. Now, the reason why the healthcare costs are so high is because all of them are on medication. So they have to pay into the system, and the health insurance companies have to pay for them to be healthy. When all they need to do is have healthier lives. All they have to do is live a fit life instead of a fat life. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I have to ask you, doing it in South Louisiana has got to be the most <laughs> difficult place on the planet, right? How, how do you change people's, uh, for instance, their, their eating habits? When I go into companies, um, I, 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 I tell them, I ask them, uh, you, the first, first of all, we go over the benefits. Uh, in, in business, it's all about pros and cons. Um, even in you, when you teach your, you teach your students, you, you, you talk to them about pros and cons. And then you weigh the pros and weigh the cons, and you make your decision. Okay, so I'm going to do the pros and cons of this fit life, of okay. actually exercising and eating right. So you have all the great benefits. Healthy mood, feel better, look better, less fat, more muscle, tone look, all this great these great benefits, um, less chance risk of diabetes, all those, of course. Right. Um, what are the cons? What are the disadvantages to getting healthy? Well. Exactly, it's, there's not <laughs> well, many. A little bit of sacrifice, well, I guess. Well, you got yeah. the sacrifice portion of it. That's the only disadvantage. So then you say, well, if there's so many pros and not so many cons, why don't we all do it? It's, a, it's, it's logical to do. The reason why we don't do it is because our society doesn't do it. It's not a societal thing. Now, companies are great because they control their society. You go in this building, you spend eight to 10 hours there, and then you go home. That's the society you live in. You have your employees, that's the society. So all you have to do is change those society. Now I go into companies with vending machines with honey buns and, and Cokes, and that's <laughs> what they're that? eating for snacks. Now, would that be part now, of what you do? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's about consulting them and saying, okay, why don't you 
if you if you don't want to cause a riot by taking that out, yeah, I was gonna say, like, why don't you make why don't why you there make apples it, in the vending why, why, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why don't you why don't you make it, make another option and then teach them that's what they should be going for, because if they do go for that, they're gonna be a healthy individual, and if they're a healthy individual now and you have them at 35 years old and they lose 20 pounds and never gain it back, they will they will be, have less healthcare costs when they're 55 and still working for you. But you must have, as a business, you must have two different approaches. You've got individuals and you've got corporations. When you sit down, first of all, who is it at the corporation that you'd approach? Is it um, HR? Is it's it HR, but of course we all know um, it's about networking, it's about contacting, it's about ha and having the person, uh, it is about who you know, so sometimes it's, it's, it does help to have someone in the C-suite available that you have a contact right. with, yep. and that you can um, actually, and that actually knows what you do, and knows yeah. who you are. Um, one of the things that, that I get when you talk about first impressions is I come in and they say, oh, big guy, boot camp, oh my goodness, I'm gonna die. <laughs> That's what they think, <laughs> the first thing they think. And which, but in reality, my, my clientele is 35 and over. My clientele is those who have not been working out and need to start. So when you come at the beginning, the first couple of sessions, it's going to be tailored down, see where you are, and then we're going to build you up as we go. And you're going to get stronger, but right. we're not going to start you off with the crazy stuff. We right. start you off where you are. Moving like tractor tires and things no, like that. We no, we don't do the crazy stuff. Well, that, uh, that <laughs> just gonna, now, Christine, let me ask you, you've actually, a lot of your clientele is now in, uh, I looked at your resume, a lot in oil and gas. How did you get into that specialty? Well, actually, being here in Southwest Louisiana, yep. and, and I do say that I'm, I'm third, fourth generation oil field, you know, trash. <laughs> Not that my clients are trash, but I, I come from, you know, okay. the the, the uh, industry. Yeah, yep. exactly. And and being here, and then as Brian mentioned, the networking. You know, we'll work with some clients, and they'll have to tell their colleagues who maybe are in a, a related service field, "Hey, we got real benefit from working with Accelerant. Maybe you should consider talking to them." Can I ask you? One of the tough parts for you has got to be, um, how do you? How do you measure that, that what you've been able to do? How do you, what do you do? Well, there are statistics and case studies out there. For instance, um, publicly traded companies get a three to one investment when they do this type of work over like a four or five year uh, time span, I so think. So they get, um, they get a three-to-one return right. on what they've paid On you? every dollar, right, spent in professional development and leadership communications team training. Right, it, it's seen later than in their in their revenue. And do we see it only in the C-suite or do we see you approaching people little little lower in the executive? Actually, at Accelerant, we work with people at all different levels and all different sizes. We've worked with, you know, two or three doctor um, offices and worked with their staff and even the docs on some maybe consulting and some things to maybe run their office smooth. And also up to you know multinational companies, we'll do phone coaching. Um, one of my partners had had a client on a barge in Africa, and so it's just kind of wow. we meet clients where they are. Kind of like what Brian said, we meet clients where they are and help them get what they need and support them in that process. Now, Christine, on your side, do you um, do you approach, for instance, uh, HR, and then you get the contract and work with the folks, or are you? picking out these executives individually and, and trying to improve their careers? It probably happens both ways. Um, you talked about it before, you know, working with a, a team of executives. Um, we have found that since the executives are the, the head of the culture, head of the mood for an organization, that if they have engagement and buy-in in this type of work and we work with them, that they're the natural advocates for this great stuff to happen throughout the organization. And can corporate culture be taught? 
I mean, have you gone into an organization that it just, it felt a little toxic and you changed it? Well, I mean, it really has to be up to that chief executive. Do they recognize the toxicity? Do they want to see improvement? And usually with a couple of conversations, it's usually in pockets, you know? I've rarely seen a whole organization that's toxic because they won't remain profitable or alive much longer. But, but let's say you, uh, you met me for the first time. I should be a biggest problem client you've ever had. But they, uh, if what would you start with? What would um, you sat down with me um, and told me that the, the companies hired you? And um, what, what would that first meeting be like? So if you're a chief executive, one of my favorite questions are: When you think about your business and you're laying in bed at night, what do you worry about? Okay. What are those things that you're super concerned about? That's one strategy. Like, go to the pain, right? A lot of times <laughs> if it's what's the thing that, that's upsetting you and your people side and, and how we can support you. Another angle might be, what are you shooting for? What are you looking for? What are those next level goals? And, and the gap in between where you are and where you want to go, how can we support you to that level? I just thought you and Joelle ought to work together. Yes. Like she could, she could ask these questions and then you could whisper in her ear, his legs are crossed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I would love that. Well, I would say that um, all coaches, or most coaches do have some sense of training about the somatics, mm -hmm. the, the nonverbals, and the more that anybody uses this, but especially coaches, and understanding and communication, you're going to be doing much better. And Brian, I saw a thing in the Wall Street Journal recently that said that only one, in, one of eight workers is of normal weight without a chronic health problem. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, staggering. it's, it's and, and again, the, uh, those big three, diabetes, uh, cardiovascular disease, um, and high blood pressure, all of those, all of them, it's easily reversible. When I walk into a company, it's when I walk into a company, and you get there, and you see somebody walk up to you and say, I'm ready to start. I have never ever worked out at all. I'm 42 years old, never ever worked out at all. And this is how I eat because I don't know how to eat anything else. I've never thought, even, I never even thought about grilling a chicken. Now of course, then that's when you get someone, and not only that, because we're going through the company, this might be somebody who would never ever walk into my studio and pay over 100, 200 bucks a month. Right. You know, but through the, through, the, through the company, they're getting this program and then they lose 40 pounds. And they, f they find a life that they've never had before. They've never knew existed. And that's got to be somewhat contagious in the company, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Oh, no. That's, and, and that's when it really happens. <laughs> well, it's the lunch. <laughs> Competition. Well, the biggest thing about the, in the company is, is the lunch culture. You know, it's, okay, I'm going somewhere for lunch. Um, I can't leave, I'm, I'm working. Oh, I'm gonna pick you up something. And you look over and it's uh, three weeks, uh, a three piece from Popeyes. You're gonna eat it? <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. they brought it. You see? You pr you're probably the guy that comes in and takes the, um, the, the vase full of candy away from, you know. The, no, 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 no. Same <laughs> thing, same thing as, <laughs> as Christina. I don't take it away. Yeah. I just say, you know, it would be better if it wasn't sitting on your desk because you and wouldn't always get it. So now they get the choice. It's their choice. I've had clients who've come to me and then stop. And I call them and I text them and then they don't come back. Or I've had clients that walk in and give you everything they got, never stop and do it. It's still your choice. It's still the person's choice. My job is to give you the options and facilitate, but it's still your choice. Brian, I, because it's radio, I want to point out you're in great shape. 
<laughs> There's uh, okay. I just didn't. I think it would look hey, bad if you were. Hey, what about Jerry? Oh, no, you know, we, we handsome people we've ever had. But it would look bad if you were. We're already told we're the fittest. Here's here's a little tidbit on that. And I guess maybe in the 1930s, the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, that was the, the thing back then. That was right. the big entertainment thing, and they had all of these human oddities. Do you know that back in those days, the heaviest man that they were having in their circus only weighed 275 pounds? No oh, way. Wow. Yes, way. We could have half the people in the airport could have that job. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, oh, my 275 God. 275 pounds. Here. Wow. But our society, our society has, has gotten to where everything is... I mean, this, this was a fantastic meal, okay? There's not many restaurants that they give you double and triple this. That's true. Mm -hmm. they, yep. And you're always leaving with a to-go box. We're not. You're full with a to-go box. Mm -hmm. And thanks and for bringing that kale to me. And that's actually really not a good that. thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was very good. I'm well, not sure what it was. The fish of the day. <laughs> At Charlie G's. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be time to do the checklist. This is the part of the show where you take a little break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. And um, I'm going to start with you, Joelle. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? My younger self? I would tell my younger self. Self? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you can have anything in the world you want. There are no limits. Do not put limits on yourself. When I, when I do seminars, I talk about when I was five years old. You know, the teacher goes around, she asks, well, what do you want to be? They want to be doctors. They want to be lawyers, astronauts. Me, I wanted to work on a garbage truck. Oh. That's what I wanted to do because that was, you know, my, my Ooh, oldest yeah. brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, guys, no, he big trucks, man. He wanted to drive. I remember no, that. No, I wanted to ride on the back. Oh, okay, all right. And these guys had, like, these big muscles, oh, yeah. man. So that was like a superhero to me. But the point is, at that time, at five years old, I knew that I could be anything that I wanted. As people get older and older, they start justifying why they can't do this or why they can't do that. Now, Christina, you, you sort of be, uh, seem to be chomping at the bit when I asked that uh, question to Joelle. What, how would you answer? What would you say to your younger self? When I think about what I've experienced in my you know, young, some odd years, um, I would like my younger self to know that adversity is okay. When yeah, you come okay. against challenges or hard times, sad times, that you will persevere. And it's almost like every adversity I've ever encountered, I've learned so much from and grown so much from. And so to change that perspective about bad times, that would be helpful. Well, you know, it's funny, I have something I tell my sons that's similar. I tell them that you, you don't drown from falling in the water, you drown from failing to pull yourself out of the water. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. that's, all right, we're not going to give you the same one. Okay. Right, because you're, um, you're a big guy. I'm gonna ask, what, He's what scared is, of you. Yeah, I'm afraid of you. <laughs> what is your trick to staying positive? You certainly seem positive. Well, um, it's funny because every time I go in the gym, it's 5 in the morning, and I do have some sort of um, uh, energy about myself. Um, and I think a couple things. One of them, um, and if anybody knows me, anybody who's been a client of mine, they heard me say it is, it's a beautiful day. And I say it a lot. I really do. Because uh, sometimes it's cloudy outside, and I say it's a beautiful day. Um, because I truly think the beauty of a day is based on how you perceive it and what you do with it. Um, and, and then an another thing that I always tell myself, and then I always tell my clients too, today is the best day of my life until tomorrow. So that means it's go. huge. All of a sudden, today is the best day of my life until tomorrow. Um, and then when I really need a little pick-me-up, I, I learn things from YouTube. I, I go to YouTube, I learn things. I learn how to be a soccer coach for my kids on YouTube. I learn how to coach basketball on YouTube. 
Um, so sometimes with energy, it's um, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown. Oh, some of these motivational. They got a new uh, guy, uh, 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 Thomas, E.T. Eric Thomas. Eric Thomas. And I mean, when I tell you some of the energy that they have, and, and I'll have some of that energy, but of course, as we all know, the energy goes up and then sometimes goes down. It's very hard to stay at, the, at, a, at a high level of energy. Well, Brian, this strategy works on you. Does it work on your clients? Oh, it does work on my clients. I think that's why they come. Because they, because because I do have that that pick me up. Um, it's that, contagious. It's contagious. Yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, I had one client um, that came in and she said, um, "I tried to work out on my own. The problem was, I wasn't laughing." I said, "Well, I said, what do you mean? Well, when you when when you're here, you're always <laughs> cracking jokes and making it fun." And I was laughing. I think that's half of my ab that's my ab workout is me laughing. <laughs> oh, hey, that's a great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to add that, add a tape for it. Christina, jo Joelle, Brian, if we're doing well at work, communicating effectively, and feeling good physically, we've gotten a long way towards having a great day and a great life. The three of you are the keepers of a wealth of vital information, and it's been very generous of you to come share it with us today. Thanks so much for taking the time and joining me on Out to Lunch today. Thank you. Oh, it's been fun. Thank you. Thank oh. you very much. Oh, I'm a better person for this show. The, uh, yeah, I told you. <laughs> my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Christina Harper, co-founder and managing partner of Accelerant, Joelle Dawson, the principal of J. Dawson Speaks and Dawson Financial Group, and Brian Broussard, the owner of Fit Life. You can find out more about Christina's consulting, Joelle's spoken and unspoken word, and Brian's better bodies by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Charlie G's Restaurant Lafayette. Charlie G's is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with live music Thursday through Saturday. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Dominic Lloyd. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escadet. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. You can find out what we look like, this is always the scary part, by seeing photos from the show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken by Gwen Oakland. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, it's kadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Calise Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is pet and family friendly, offering complimentary parking and Wi-Fi. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Rashudi. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Charlie G's for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at B1Bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.